It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours, like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price of participation vary. Terms apply. He's involved in a number of businesses. He's a great role model. Telling it like it is. Giving you both sides of the story. This is Cats at Night. Great American, a great New Yorker. Now, here's John Katsimatidis. This is John Katsimatidis. This is Cats at Night. And uh, the number one show at 5 o'clock and uh, in the studio with us. Uh, we have a common sense Democrat, uh, Judge Richard Weinberg, common sense uh, Republican, uh, Congressman Peter King, Lydia Serrani, and uh, today we have a great show for you today. What do we have, Lydia? We have a fantastic show. We'll be speaking with Congressman Lee Zeldin, who is running for governor right here in New York. We'll be talking to pollster John McLaughlin, Maud Marone. She's a common sense Democrat running for office here in New York. Charlie Gasparino is going to tell us what the heck is going on with the economy. We'll also be speaking with the head of the detectives union here in the NYPD in New York City, uh, Paul Giacomo. But first on the line, we have Ambassador John Bolton. Hello, Ambassador, and welcome back to Cats at Night. Glad to be with you. John, what part of the world do you want to start in uh, with? I mean, uh, uh, Nancy Pelosi, uh, Speaker Pelosi just left uh, Taiwan, and is she safe in, in South Korea? What do you think? Did we accomplish anything other than, than say that we're not scared of you, uh, uh, China? Well, you know, uh, I think it was much ado about nothing, really, but largely because of the way the Chinese reacted. Uh, Speaker Pelosi did not say anything contrary to existing American policy, which, frankly, I don't think goes far enough to standing with Taiwan. But, you know, when another government tries to tell us where our officials go, where our executive branch officials, members of Congress, whatever they may be, they're over the line as far as I'm concerned. And uh, I think that this is actually a teachable moment for America. We we send a, a senior, uh, the highest ranking member of Congress, uh, and the, the government in Beijing goes crazy. Now, imagine what their reaction would be in something more serious. They've, they've ripped the mask off. This is the real face of the Chinese Communist Party government in Beijing, and people ought to learn from that uh, what, what to expect down the road if we're not prepared. John, this is Pete King. First of all, I think uh, President Biden made a big mistake in announcing publicly that the military was against it. That showed disunity in China. And also countries like Japan and Singapore and South Korea, they see that. They have to wonder whether or not if we're not going to defend Taiwan or be afraid of Taiwan, are we going to defend them? How how does it look in in the Pacific as far as Japan and South Korea uh, vis-a-vis China? Well, I think they're very worried. I think in Japan, uh, the, the, the prevailing opinion would be a Chinese attack on Taiwan is equivalent to an attack on Japan. I think the new president of South Korea would probably see it much the same way. I think countries of Southeast Asia are very worried. Singapore, Vietnam, Indonesia, uh, Australia, India, clearly worried about China. And uh, they, they don't want to be dominated by China, and we, we are the power that helps secure uh, their stability because it helps secure ours. Look at the trade issues involved. Look at our own security interests. So this is a test case, and I, you know, I think 
I think Nancy Pelosi did fine. I think the Biden administration showed fear. And to get to your question, I think governments uh, along that Indo-Pacific periphery of China are, are worried about how uh, we will respond in a real crisis. Uh, Ambassador Bolton, I saw a report out that OPEC has basically told Biden, we don't have any more oil to give you. How does that set the stage across the world? Because we were once energy independent. Now we're dependent. We're begging Saudi Arabia and, and so many of our adversaries for oil. And do you believe that that shows us to be in more of a weaker state and more vulnerable to our ad, our allies as well as the United States to uh, you know be attacked? Well, it's it's a self-induced mistake. Uh, we don't have to be dependent on anybody. But, but Biden correctly wants to see the price of gas at the pump come down, and there's there's a way to do that. It's not not by releasing reserves from the strategic petroleum reserves. It's not by asking Iran or Venezuela or uh, OPEC to pump more oil. It's by freeing up our own ability to do it here. That's what energy independence can do for you. We we don't need to depend on others. In fact, uh, it's not only Getting the price down here, if we were producing at the levels we could, we'd be taking market share away from the other producers and lowering prices all around the world, which would would help everybody's economies. Well, Ambassador, it's uh, Richard Weinberg, sir. I'm very concerned about Taiwan for a lot of reasons, not the least of which is they're the guys who uh, manufacture the chips. And how do you have the kind of economy, the kind of systems we have here in the United States without chips? What are your comments? No, that's exactly right. I mean, uh, we, the, the, the manufacturer of these chips in Taiwan, largely by the Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company, founded by a former American citizen, Morris Chong, uh, you know, it's a very dependable place to manufacture them, except it's 100 miles away from China. And we've got to fix that problem. And in the near term, we have a real strong interest uh, in, in defending Taiwan from a from a very uh, self-interested point of view. But it ties in with the larger security question as well. We're still waking up to the extent of the Chinese threat. Uh, We're behind, but we've got the capacity to deal with it. And that's why I do think that uh, as outrageous as China's behavior is, it will show something to the American people. This is a threat to be taken seriously. John, uh, jump around the world. Where do you see the situation in Ukraine right now? Well, I think we're still in a race uh, with with the Russians to try and get our uh, sophisticated high-end weapon systems to the Ukrainian front lines before Russia takes more territory. And I think the race comes down to the next 60, 90 days, and I'm very worried about the Russians taking the diplomatic initiative, the political initiative, with Putin saying something uh, in in the near future like, I've accomplished uh, the objectives we sought. I'm calling a halt to military operations. I demand that Ukraine do the same, and I want to negotiate a ceasefire. I'm afraid the Europeans, fearing the cutoff of natural gas from Russia, which they depend on in the winter, will fold, the French and the Germans in particular. I don't know what the White House would do, but it it would leave the Ukrainians in the lurch, and I think it would show we're not operating with a clear strategy here. We're kind of going from day to day, uh, and and we're going to suffer from that if we if we cede the initiative to Putin, which he's fully capable of taking. Ambassador Bolton, let's go now to, I guess, the Middle East, where the terrorists, uh, the top one of the top Al Qaeda leaders was killed. They released some pictures, some video of that. The balcony, there's blood on it. 
uh, call me skeptical. I know it's just uh, I find it so hard to believe that it was such a targeted attack and there was no other collateral damage that they were able to get this guy after 20 years. Zawahiri, what have you heard? Well, uh, look, they use Hellfire missiles. They're they're so-called kinetic kill missiles. They don't have explosives. Uh, they, ha- they have a form of uh, blades and just the impact of one of those things at the speeds they travel is is uh, fatal. Uh, what it shows to me is the complete breakdown, the predictable breakdown of the deal that was made uh, with the Taliban uh, during the Trump administration and carried out so disastrously during the Biden administration. Here you have uh, the head of al Qaeda, the precisely the terrorist group that used Afghanistan as a base to attack us on 9-11, precisely the kind of group Taliban committed not to let back into Afghanistan if the U.S. and NATO withdrew. And not only are they back, here's a guy who's so secure in his feelings that he's living in a big house, property of of one of the leaders of the Haqqani network. He's obviously going freely around the capital of Afghanistan, Kabul, and he feels so secure, he takes the sun every afternoon on that balcony. So here's a guy who, after living in camps in the mountains for years, is is so confident with Taliban in control that he just abandons his security precautions. Now, they will change, but it's not just uh, Zawahiri that we're talking about. It shows how uh, embedded al-Qaeda is in the Taliban government, and it's a it's a threat that's coming this way if we're not careful. Also, John, if Zawahiri was there, how many others are there? I mean, he's a... Uh, absolutely. Yeah, you know, guys, we absolutely. don't know exactly who they are, but you'd find out if you had intel on the ground. I mean, if, a, if such a high-profile guy as Zawahiri could walk around like that, God knows how many other top al-Qaeda leaders there are there. Right. We, we really don't have any uh, good uh, accounting for how many foreign terrorists have come into Afghanistan. Remember, it's a year now since we withdrew. But but those who have come in, uh, whether for ISIS-K or al-Qaeda or, or terrorist groups we haven't heard of yet, the Biden administration itself testified before Congress earlier this year that ISIS-K by this time uh, would have the capability to to, uh, to conduct a terrorist attack on the U.S. from Afghanistan, and Al Qaeda is pretty close to it. So our security is uh, is is definitely endangered by the fact we don't have that presence on the ground anymore. Ambassador, can I ask you about Iran and the the pressure that the Biden administration seems to feel that they have to make a deal with Iran, and it keeps getting worse and worse? And what do you think is going to happen if they do make a deal? And uh, Israel's response and Israel's allies' response. Well, I, I, it's a, it's like a quest for the Holy Grail to get back into this deal with the administration. I mean, there's, there's no political logic to it anymore. There's no strategic logic there in Vienna today, and I guess tomorrow to try one more time. I thought these negotiations were going to be over about seven, eight, nine months ago, but they have, they seem to have close to eternal life. The fact is, it was a bad deal when it was entered in 2015. It hasn't gotten any better with age. In the past year and a half, the Iranians have wrung considerable number of concessions out of the Biden administration. The the original deal itself is going to be expiring in a few years. And uh, what the what the Iranians want is the money that we've uh, withheld from them. They want relief from the sanctions and. Uh, all of that would simply go into their treasury to finance more on the nuclear weapons and ballistic missile programs and on their support for terrorism, including terrorism in the United States. So I just think it would be a terrible mistake. And I think Israel is 
is saying every way they know how to the administration, for goodness sakes, don't go back into this deal. But if we do, uh, you know, Israel will do what they think is necessary to protect their security. Well, thank you so much, Ambassador John Bolton. Thank you so much for everything that you do. And welcome back to uh, Cats at Night anytime, sir. John, we need you back in government. Be with you. Thanks. Thank you.